Hi everyone, welcome back to Two Moms and the F-Bomb. I'm Crystal. I'm Natalie. And today's episode is Booze, Boobs, Beads, and Babies. Say that three times fast. <laughs> no, thank you. That's why I had to say that <laughs> slow. <laughs> uh, well, it's about it's about Mardi Gras in case y'all aren't from Louisiana. We, I mean, we're weird, but we're not that warped yet. But that's it's it's about Mardi Gras. <laughs> we're not being perverts. <laughs> wow, well, we are weird, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. We actually have a um, Mardi Gras drawing that we're going to be doing on Fat Tuesday which is on the 13th, and we're, we've pushed our Lama drawing to the 13th as well, so we're going to do them on the same day, give people some time to get some more tickets, and don't forget, every ticket that you get for the Lama gets you an entry into the Mardi Gras basket, and both baskets are fantastic, yes. and all proceeds go to Lama Animal Rescue. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So if you haven't purchased your tickets, you still have time. $5 for one, um, $20 for five tickets. Again, all proceeds go to Lamont. Helps offset any vet costs or supplies that they may need. Um, if, y'all, if you follow their page or if you don't follow their page, we highly recommend you do go follow their page. But um, they rescue a lot of homeless animals, cats and dogs, um, place them in fosters, and they do a lot of transport um, to northern states, you know, to find the dogs or the animals' homes, loving homes. So it, it's all a great cause. Yes, and if you're interested in fostering some animals, they are looking for volunteers to do that. Yes. So reach out to them. Yes, because I know. They've got their hands full. Absolutely. I know Michelle had posted, what was that, last week or something, looking for more fosters because they're just, all their fosters are full. And Yeah. So. Actually, we got to help name some puppies yesterday. We did. Was that yesterday or was that day before? It was (laughs) was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of all runs together. There's been so much exciting things going on here the last couple of days. Yeah. Yes, it has. So, um, I know Natalie made an announcement about her business, um, Kindred Spirits and Oddities. Go follow her page, y'all. You're not going to be disappointed. <laughs> I finally got a shop. I'm no longer just doing vendor events and online stuff, and I'm redoing my website and everything. So, everything's getting a fresh new start, and I'm really excited about it. And Crystal. I nudged her into doing the same, and her store is going to be right next to mine, the Mystic Broom. So if you're not following her, which she's been doing hers for a long time now. She's way ahead of me. (laughs) But she finally has herself a shop, too. And so we're going to be collaborating on a lot of stuff and having a lot of events. And we are just so thrilled and excited. Yes, definitely. So go follow both of us not just on our podcast but on kindred spirits and oddities as well as domestic broom and, you know you'll and of course on two moms and the f-bomb if you Absolutely. listen to us and you don't follow us on our facebook um in our group or whatever because we do post a lot in our group so you know hey the more the merrier yes we've had some new members so if you're one of those new members welcome 
absolutely welcome. We're sorry, you know, we are weird and we talk about a lot of weird things. <laughs> so. All right, you ready to kick off some Mardi Gras? Sure, let's do this. All right. Um, <clears throat> if you're not from Louisiana, you're about to get a little bit of an education. If you are from Louisiana, you may still get an education because I got a little more education and I thought I knew quite a bit about it. But um, I found some fun facts and I'm going to share them. We're going to talk about them. I like fun facts. So, yeah, fun facts. So when you think of Louisiana, you automatically think of Mardi Gras, right? That's like one of the first things you think about. Most people do. Or potholes, but, you know, hey. we can Yeah, that potholes. <laughs> you're not from Louisiana. You better be careful driving down these roads because they are we just fill them we just fill them with mardi gras beads and crawfish husks and we're <laughs> do the best we can tighten your bra straps <laughs> that's right knock your titty out your bra <laughs> that is no lie that is no lie and every time i hit one do you remember that old commercial that used to come on tv and it has the sassy pothole talking with the southern accent it says because i'm a pothole <laughs> So every time I hit one of our damn potholes in Louisiana, which is everywhere, that's my first thought, and then I cuss. But yeah, is this one of those take a guess? Are we are we missing potholes or are we drunk? <laughs> right, right. Um, <clears throat> well, Mardi Gras doesn't just get celebrated in Louisiana or in the USA. It also goes around the entire world. It's global. Um, we do it best. <laughs> it and then like nationally they've really started celebrating it in more and more states so even washington dc has actually been celebrating and having um parades and stuff so like washington alabama mississippi certain areas of texas and florida i mean there's the list is long and then worldwide they do it in parts of europe brazil germany canada I mean, there's tons of places I bet you that they do it. Schools out like New Orleans does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they might. I don't know because it did. We're gonna get into it more, but it did originate in the Europe European sector. Um, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if if they did over there. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole ass holiday in Louisiana, but in down yes. South Louisiana, I mean the whole state, yes, but South Louisiana, it is a Big time holiday because they they do let schools out. <laughs> That's yes, sure do. And a lot of businesses are closed too. Now yeah. North Louisiana not so much, but well South yeah. Louisiana for sure. Now many believe that the first city to host Mardi Gras was New Orleans. This has been a hot topic of debate and argument, and I didn't realize. Um, until a couple of years ago that there was even an argument about it because I was just like everybody else thinking it started here. But it didn't. New Orleans was not the first city to officially host Mardi Gras. Hmm. Actually, the first city, and this is what burns everybody's gristle, but the first city to host it was Mobile, Alabama. Really? Yes. Now, Mobile was founded before New Orleans. So that's how that worked, because when the founders of uh, New Orleans came, they did have different events and bought like balls and galas and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a technical it wasn't technically a city yet. 
So they, when they went on to Mobile, where they ended up as well, that it was already technically a city. So that's why they officially hosted the first Mardi Gras. But Louisiana itself was made a state before Alabama. So Louisiana technically was the first official state to host it. So both arguments, you know, you know, it kind of works either way. But I didn't know about that until a couple of years ago, honestly. And I've lived here my whole life and have family from South Louisiana. So my daddy was raised in South Louisiana, so I should have known better. But it's an interesting fact. Yes. Uh, Mardi Gras is actually just one day, also known as Fat Tuesday. We mentioned that earlier. Fat Tuesday is the day before Ash Wednesday. Um, Mardi Gras actually marks the end of carnival season. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent. So if if y'all are Catholic or religious or you don't know anything about that, that's what this is for. So just kind of educate y'all a little bit. Um, Carnival season, which is basically the parade and party season with all the balls and galas that they have and all the multiple parades, all of that starts and kicks off January 6th which is also known as 12th night. Mm-hmm. And that means it was it's the 12th night after Christmas, marking the end of that holiday officially. So then we have Lent, and it's the 40-day and night somber prayer and fasting before Easter. And so that's why everybody around here kind of gets all the partying and debauchery and all that stuff out of their system because they try to settle it down for the 40 days of Lent. Yeah. And it's not necessarily just fasting. It's like, it's kind of almost like a new year's resolution in a sense, because it's like, if say a person has something that they love, but they're, it's a bad habit or something like that. They pick one thing and they just don't have that for that 40 days or, or they try not to have that, or they literally just pray constantly or just however they, they do it. It's their own personal preference. So, let's see. Ah, the first Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans was held in 1837. Holy shit. Yes, and there are a whole lot more than one parade. Um, the Mystique Crew. Long ass time ago. Do I? I said that was a yeah, long time ago. <laughs> it really was. I didn't expect it to be that far back, but, you know, Mobile had them before that, so... I mean, they've been going around a long time, and I didn't know that either. Um, now, in smaller areas, like in our areas in New- North Louisiana, we usually only have about, like, one parade. Now, in shreveport Bossier, they have multiple, but New Orleans has the most. I mean, they have constant parades. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, the Mystique Crew of Comius is create was created with making – no, I'm sorry, is credited with making New Orleans the most popular Mardi Gras destination when they introduced floats to the parade in 1857. Um, this crew came from Mobile, Alabama, and they were mysterious crew. Like, you weren't allowed to see their face or anything like that. Like, they, that's kind of where the masks came from, <clears throat> which was something that was picked up by, East, by Europe. The Harlequin masks. Well, we're a bunch of criminals here, so it's you know it's kind of just a natural fit with the masks. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, what's funny about that is we're going to talk about that, too, because it's a thing. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. It's on here. And you'll know what I'm talking about when I say it. Oh, God. Um, now, the tradition of the flambeau, which is basically a blazing torch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long metal pole. <clears throat> but it started in the 19th century. And the French term refers to the blazing, blazing torches that are used to light the parade route and still, and it's still practiced and honored today for tradition. And it's now treated as like an art form. And then people dance when they do it from the, and the crowd, um, tosses them coins and stuff for their performances. And I thought that was pretty cool, which we don't, I think, I don't think we do that as a, those up here. That's more a New Orleans thing. Yeah. Um, a king of the carnival is crowned every year and honored with the key to the city by the mayor of New Orleans. Crew of Rex was founded in 1872 and is responsible for start for starting several Mardi Gras traditions, including the official co- um, the official colors and giving out the Spanish gold coins. Oh. Yeah. Back in the day, they actually threw real gold coins. How about that? Hmm. I bet you that would hurt if you got pegged by one. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's a lot more that gets thrown that people, we're going to talk about that too, <laughs> about getting hit in the head with shit. Oh, um, it, well, considering it's Louisiana, it's in New Orleans, um, mm-hmm. I can believe the the amount of objects that are probably thrown. <clears throat> yeah, well, on top of that, each each float down there has a theme, and so each float has a special thing that they'll throw that's a bit bigger um i mean anything from specially designed a uh, specially designed shoe to a tambourine to even freaking coconuts and we're going to talk about those too Mama, um shoes. <laughs> and they're really cool like if you go and look up what they look like and everything they're really neat to see i don't know if they'd be neat to catch no, but they're pretty <laughs> Um, some Mardi Gras crews are solely made up of women. The crew of Venus organized in New Orleans was organized New Orleans' very first all-woman parade in 1941. Um, the, the Mardi Gras beads used to be made of glass Damn. way back when. Yeah. Um, they're now primarily made of plastic. Um, the city... New Orleans now. This is just specifically coming from New Orleans. I don't know about anywhere else, but they estimate around 25 million pounds of beads get thrown every year. The beads actually hurt the city's drainage and sewage, causing excess flooding, which, as we all know, New Orleans doesn't need that. Um, But the city has cleared the drains of 46 tons of beads. In 2018, they came up with a solution by installing gutter buddies on drains to keep them bead free. Didn't know that. Um, Mardi Gras coins are referred to. I don't either. And I didn't see a picture of it because I looked, but I'm, I mean, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They got that fixed. Let's fix the roads. Just saying. Um, the Mardi Gras coins are referred to as doubloons, even though, and beads are the most common. Many crews offer various throws. So that's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So we've got like beads, doubloons, cups, plastic cups are real popular, sometimes candy. Moon pies are a big thing, and we do those up here. 
Um, Shreveport <laughs> parades, the one in Highland, throws hot dogs. Yep. Hey, there's some of um, ramen noodles, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, shoes, tambourines, wine glasses, like decorative, like special decorated wine glasses. Hopefully they're flat. And the, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. They'd have to be. Uh, and then again, even the coconuts. Now, the golden Zulu coconut is one of the most coveted throws to catch in South Louisiana. They throw a whole lot Crew of coconut? Zulu. Yes. Um, and they had to make a special law about it. Um, crew of Zulu is the oldest African-American crew parading since 1909. The coveted coconut came from humble beginnings, thrown as a treat because beads could not be afforded. After 1987, lawsuits were filed against Zulu crew, crew with claims of injuries from coconuts. I can imagine. Um, somebody. Yeah. Um, so the club could not get insured. So after that, a law was put into place by the New Orleans State Legislature. The coconut bill was passed, which absolved Zulu crew from liability of alleged injuries with coconut throws. So I made a whole law about it. Now, if you get knocked in the noggin with a uh, coconut, uh, well, <laughs> just savor it. Learn Hold up your umbrella. <laughs> or duck, you know, whichever. <laughs> yeah, they got those fancy umbrellas that they, you know, have all the time down there. Start Just use those. You'll be all right. Wear a hard hat. Yeah. Um. Mardi Gras masks, this is the other thing I told you we were going to talk about. Mardi Gras masks are a staple during carnival season. They're also known as Harlequin masks in other regions, but here they're Mardi Gras masks. Um, it is required by law for people on floats to be wearing masks. What? Any other time of year, masks are illegal. Now, that's in New Orleans. Um, according to the law, masks must be removed by 6 p.m. on the night of Mardi Gras. The laws are enforced. Crews have been fined for having unmasked riders up to $100 per person. The masks are worn to allow people to escape society and, and class constraints. So back in the day, anybody could celebrate, but they had to keep their faces hidden so people wouldn't know you know, who they were. It was supposed to celebrate. Everybody in the city was supposed to be celebrate celebrating and there wasn't supposed to be any shit going on. Yeah. And so this gave them the freedom to be who they were hidden, you know, and it was kind of weird. So it's like your race didn't matter. Your background didn't matter. Everybody was there to party and have a good time and everybody had a mask on. Yeah. It is believed that these masks originated in Venetian era and brought over by the founders of Mobile, New Orleans, and Mardi Gras. <clears throat> so, in most places, people know where babies come from, right? I would assume. A lot of people think they come from a cabbage patch or the store. You know, everybody says that. But in Louisiana, we really know where babies come from, and that's from king cakes. <laughs> well, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like, how do we go from Mardi Gras to the birds and the bees? But... It's been a day. I'm allowed. <laughs> um, the doughy pastry is known as the traditional Mardi Gras treat. 
the person who finds the baby, which is plastic, in their slice is supposed to have good luck all year and is responsible for bringing the king cake to the next party. And also, I'd like to add, everybody, this is the unspoken rule in Louisiana. The knife always stays in the box. Yes. You don't take the knife out of the box till the cake is gone. I mean, that's not just with Mardi Gras. That's anything. Birthday cake, whatever you're celebrating. If you got a cake, leave the fucking knife in the box. It is now property of the cake. That's right. That's that cake's knife. Yes, it is. And it will cut you. A roughly estimated 500,000 king cakes are sold each year. Again, that's in New Orleans. Um, Shreveport's got quite a few, I'm sure. I'd like to know those numbers. Um, Especially from uh, Southern Made because their king cake just looks so amazing. But anyway. Well, Lila's too. Lila's is like the most popular one, I want to say. Um. The popular dessert is named for the three kings who visited baby Jesus after the nativity. The cake flavors are pretty traditional with vanilla and cinnamon. But through the years have become much more creative and experimental with flavors and varieties. So you can get them just about any kind of way you want them. Yeah. Um, I'll prefer the let's say You prefer the what? The traditional. Yeah, I like I like different ones. I like to try them all. I used to hate king cake. I know that's just a problem for a lot of people, but it was always really to me. And I've tried lots. I've even had some brought up from New Orleans and tried them and they weren't my favorite. But I do have one that I like now that I'll eat more than any of the rest of them. That's just me. Yeah. Um, parades usually go on rain or shine. Um, and in total, they've only had 12 cancellations. The most recent were in 1945 because of World War II and 2021 because of the COVID pandemic. Yep. There was even parades after the destruction of Hurricane Katrina in 2005 to show strength and resilience. Well, don't you know that uh, hurricanes don't stop nobody out here? That's right. Tornadoes, That's right. you go out in your yard and you look for it. That's right. Now, in 2013, they moved the parade schedule because of the Super Bowl, because that was when um, the Saints went to the Super Bowl. I wonder. If and that way, nothing, nothing would take place on game day. I wonder if they're going to do that next year, because the Super Bowl will be held in New Orleans next year. Probably. Probably so. That's a whole different subject, though, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, during the pandemic, homes amped up their Mardi Gras decor, turning them into home floats. Mm-hmm. It's still going on today. Like, I remember when those first really started getting big, and that was really cool, and it, it just stuck. Yeah. And it's really neat. I love, I really look forward to every year seeing all those homes down there decked out to look like floats. I just think that's the coolest. Yeah, I remember them showing a lot of them on the news, and they were so pretty. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the crews... Also raised money during the time off to help essential workers and artists who could not get to work during that time. Um, crew of Red Beans alone raised $300,000 for the calls. Did you just say crew of Red Beans? Like Red yeah. Beans and Rice? Yeah. Fuck yeah. What do they throw? Like Red Beans and Rice? Bowls of it? I don't know. 
I don't know, but I do know that they're um that the main person over the boat um over the boat over the float, his suit had like um red beans actually on his lapel, like it was part of his suit and part of his top hat, and it was really kick ass looking. I was very impressed by how they did that. That's awesome. It was really cool. Um, around it's estimated around 1.4 million people visit New Orleans during Carnival season. Well, I don't go down there during Mardi Gras. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Um, I don't even go to the Shreveport ones. I just ain't doing it. Um, there are over 70 parades held in New Orleans metro area just alone. Um, Les le bon temps rouler means let the good times roll in Cajun French. Um, there are family friendly parades in areas too. Not all are full on just debauchery. Some of them are really family oriented and that's up here too. There are even pl- uh, floats, crews and parades for animals, <laughs> mostly dogs. Usually we have one of those in Shreveport. Yeah. What is your <laughs> crew of Marcus and meow? Yeah. Yep. That's the one. And I don't know which ones they have down South, but they do those there too. I think around Baton Rouge. Um, Purple, gold, and green are the Mardi Gras colors. They were selected by the Rex crew in honor uh, to honor visiting Russian Grand Duke as they were his family's colors. Purple means justice. Gold represents power. Mm -hmm. Green represents faith. Um, If I ever cease to love is the anthem for Mardi Gras, and that was also selected by the crew of Rex. Um, it's customary to yell, throw me something, mister, as floats go by to get throws, in case anybody didn't know that. And in case you didn't know, that's what <laughs> you say. We don't show boobs, which a lot of people do. Well, we're going to talk, talk about that next. How about that? <laughs> we're going to talk about the boobies. Um, many believe flashing boobs is tradition to get beads, but it is not. In some areas, it even gets you fined or arrested. Um, and not just boobs, like some people full show, like they'll moon them, show their butts, they'll show their full frontals, um, all of that. But boobs are the most popular by those picking it. Um, but flashing is not necessary in order to get beads. They think that it started in the 1970s when a nudist group showed for a parade. But flashing for Mardi Gras beads dates back centuries to the days when Mardi Gras parades would pass by the brothels and ladies that work there may show, may give like a little quick, quick sneak peek to entice them to come inside so they can make some money. (laughs) Um, And flashing for beads isn't just for women. Men have been known to flash just as much as well. And much of this has been cut back to just specific parades and areas. So make sure you know which ones ahead of time that you're getting into, especially if you have kids. Like, just do some research first. Well, to help you out, it would be the French Quarter. If you want to see boobs, that's where you go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they really allow much of that in Shreveport Bossier either. Oh, good God, no. (laughs) Um, fun fact, 
Jerry Springer went to college in New Orleans at Tulane University. Now, I looked this up specifically because it always bugged me when they did the Jerry Beads. I was like, where did he get that from? Is he from Louisiana? Like, where did this come from? So I looked this up specifically. He did go. He went to college at Tulane. This experience and Mardi Gras inspired his show. The Wild Antics and, of course, the Jerry Beads. He was even made Grand Marshal for the crew of Indemon. In 1998, doing a 25th anniversary show in 2016 there as well. So I didn't know that it it was what inspired the entire show. I just thought, you know, he had been to New Orleans one time or he just saw somebody knew something about showing boobs for beads. And he just, you know, took the idea. But no, he was he was basically a Louisianian in his own right. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, Mardi Gras was made into an official holiday in Louisiana in 1875, and it still to this day is. Um, now, Louisiana was the first state to offer drive-through daiquiris. Mm-hmm. More have followed suit and offer them, but Louisiana is the most common, and we seem to have the most drive-through daiquiri shops. But and probably the we also rate of drunk drivers and. Yes, it is, actually. Most (laughs) DUIs, DWIs, sure is. What did Um, I tell (laughs) you? Don't drink the Um, Don't Y'all don't do that. Don't do it. Now, we're going to talk about some Louisiana food. Um, Mm -mm -mm. Fun facts. Crawfish. A lot of people, and I've always wondered who in the world thought to dig something like this out of the ground and eat it. That's not something I probably would have done. But no. I'm glad they did. And I know you don't eat them, do you? I do not. Now, my kids, like, like Bailey, she would shit. Man, yeah. you give her 20 pounds and she will devour that in like five minutes. Me? I no. I don't think And it's funny because she's tiny, tiny, tiny. I don't know where she puts it. I don't either. I really I mean, don't. <laughs> Fadlin loves it, but I am born and raised in Louisiana. I don't eat seafood. I mean, I might eat yeah. some shrimp here and there um, on occasion, but other than that, I, I don't eat seafood at all. Yeah, I understand that, I guess. Yeah, I'm weird. People, well, people look at people look at you like you've got leprosy or something when you say that, and it's just like it's. I'm allowed to not like it if I don't want to. No, don't get me wrong. Now you give me the corn and potatoes out of a crawfish bowl, I'm happy. You know. But yeah. I'm just not gonna. I'm not saying I wouldn't eat it. I've eaten it before. It's just not my forte. Um, yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> well, crawfish actually came from. Or was discovered by Native Americans. So the Homa tribe in Louisiana were described in French documents in the early 1600s for fishing mud bugs using reeds covered in deer meat. <clears throat> they used the red crawfish as their claw and defense instead of backing down, symbolized the Homa tribe's resilience and power. In the 1700s, Acadians, now they're now called Cajuns, arrived from Canada and ate them out of necessity, being cheap and easily accessible. And by the late 1800s, yeah, shit, I wish they were still cheap. Um, 
by the late 1800s, they were modifying lobster recipes from their Canadian roots to suit the smaller crustacean, which I always wondered if you got a lobster and threw it in a crawfish bowl, if it'd be worth crap. <laughs> so I guess, I guess, I guess it is. <laughs> Um, Creole restaurants in New Orleans caught on and once it hit became synonymous with Louisiana cooking. By the 20th century, crawfish bowls became a spring tradition in Louisiana. In 1980, Louisiana crowned crawfish as the state crustacean. Alrighty. Louisiana's um, crusty, y'all. The beignets. Oh, man. Um, I love a good beignet. Hell yes. The exact history of the beignet is foggy, considering it has recipes that date back to at least 16th century France. Oh, my. We do know the beignet is the French word for fritter. So, like, apple fritter. Um, when I was growing up, I had banana fritters, which is a fried dough with some kind of fruit and stuff in it. Yeah. The origin of the word can be traced to the Celtic language, actually. Look at my people go. No, I'm right. That's right. It also has connections to ancient Rome and even origins in Spain, making its way to New Orleans through the French colonists. And now the local legend is Café du Monde recipe was brought from France by the Ursuline nuns. But this has never been officially confirmed. And they have the best beignets. <laughs> yes. They really do. Yes, oh. they got some good chicory coffee, too. Yeah. I mean, you walk out of there, you look like you just snorted a whole line or a lot because mm -hmm. it's everywhere, the, the the powdered sugar, but, oh, so worth it. And also, I feel like I should mention, if you ever go down there as a tourist, there's going to be a line coming out of Cafe Du Monde. There's going to be a line. You don't wait in the line. You just go around and you go inside. Everybody that's around knows that. You don't have to wait in line. That's So just heads up. If you see a big line, don't get discouraged. Just walk in. That's what, you, what you're supposed to do. Um, it's also believed to be a blend of Louisiana culture and French-Canadian, Cajun-Acadian influence. So it's got a lot of history. <clears throat> All right, last one. Well, yeah, basically the last one, and that's the po' boy history. They used to call it the poor boy. Poor boy. And it was created, boy. yeah, it was created in 1929 um, when the electric railway employees went on strike. Now, these two brothers, the Martin brothers, started giving away sandwiches to the strikers. The original Martin poor boy sandwiches were typically fried potatoes, gravy, spare bits of roast beef on French bread. The po' boy quickly gained popularity and started appearing in newspapers and menus across the country in the 1930s, and it began replacing older New Orleans restaurant sandwiches. In 1970, the city of New Orleans declared the Martin Brothers as the originators of the po' boy sandwiches. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Gumbo, I looked it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> it has deep, deep roots, and they believe it originated in West Africa, and it's named gumbo because of the okra. The word used in West Africa for okra is gombo, hmm. and so then when it kind of came over here, and then other people kind of added some things and did some stuff to it, it got the term gumbo, and 
it sparks a lot of debate about how it should made be made, how it should be made, how it shouldn't be made. Yep. Southerners don't feel like Northerners have any business cooking it. Northerners think that Southerners is too spicy. I, I can't speak for everybody. I don't know, but I tell you what, it has a holy trinity. Uh, Do you want to know what the holy trinity it, is? Celery. Yes, tell them, girl. Celery. <laughs> <laughs> tell them. Celery, onion bell pepper that is the holy trinity and it is those three ingredients are used in just about every single louisiana recipe yes that's the part of the best of it is those three things now, and I, I uh like okra in mine um in my gumbo but mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's just me personally that's well that's personal preference that doesn't have to be something that's in it oh i know oh absolutely yeah we definitely I, I don't want to debate on certain yeah. things because, yeah, we'll have a whole other uh, celery war or gumbo. <laughs> so, yeah. Hmm. Uh, never, that always pops up in our feed. and I, Well, it pops up in Brent's feed now. It doesn't pop up in mine because that was on my old Facebook. So I'm not even in that conversation anymore. But we had a huge throwdown on the Internet, like in 2017, that has never been forgotten. And it's all because my husband posted the Trinity of gumbo, and it was the celery, the onions, and the peppers. And some people disagreed with us about that, and it started a full-on World War III. (laughs) It absolutely did. And look, I... That has never been forgotten. Nope, it has not. I was, like I said, I was talking about it the other day, and I was like, damn, when did that happen? It had to have been soon. And, of course, you know, he posted the memory. And I'm like, I need to go back and read comments. But, you know, it does have, like, over 300 comments on that one post, but you can't see them all anymore, which sucks. But whatever. It was great. That was. That was a debate of legendary proportions, and nobody has forgotten about it. And everybody that was involved in it, or saw it, or knew something about it, or debated too, wait on it to pop up in Brent's memories every year. And everybody does hashtag never forget. Yeah. <laughs> every I, single time. I mean, we tore them bitches new assholes because, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Oh, that was great. Good times. Good times. But yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. And um, I could have gotten along a lot further. I could have added a whole lot more stuff. We could have talked about food all day long, but then I would have got hungry. I'm so down um, if you don't know about Louisiana, check us out. <laughs> Jambalaya, boudin. Mm. Red beans and rice. All that. Yeah. Boudin. Now, I'm sure a lot of everything people, deep fried and smothered in gravy. Yeah. And a lot of people probably know red beans and rice. But a lot of people, if you don't, if you're not from Louisiana or close and haven't heard of Boudin, Google it. B-O-U-D-I-N. It is definitely not spelled the way it sounds, but you can't get Boudin anywhere. Else. You can probably, but you can't get good Boudin in another state. <laughs> so. And honestly, ours up here that we get in the grocery stores, they're they're okay. They're acceptable. They they work for what we need them for. But the best boudin is down south. Yes. Some of the best boudin I've ever eaten is actually in Baton Rouge or 
I, I believe it was Baton Rouge. It may have been Lafayette, but I think it was Baton Rouge, and it was just fantastic. Yes. There's nothing like it. No. And I need to make a boudin king cake. Yes. Mm. Those are my favorite. I make one, too, because I stole the recipe from me. <laughs> Another honorable mention, and I had it in my notes, and I've lost it. And I'm going to feel like an idiot because I've forgotten her name and everything. But um, if you're from Louisiana, especially in the southern Louisiana area, there is a poster that comes out every year. And it's got a character on it. And it's a Mardi Gras release. And it always has a, a like a Harlequin mask on it. And they they started in the 80s and they're always a huge thing and they're beautifully done. And so I wanted to know, you know, who did those and found out it's actually a lady from New Jersey. And she came down to New Orleans when she was it was back in the 80s and she loved it so much. She can't get it out of her head. So she goes back to New Jersey and she does these gorgeous pictures that she paints and they have since turned into the yearly posters with different themes for every Mardi Gras and she still does them to this day and they have even claimed her as a Louisianian because she comes down every single year she's been on numerous parade floats she's even been over some she even comes to all the balls and galas and the only thing keeping her from moving there is her husband's job. And so I think when she, when he retires, she, they plan to move to Louisiana, but everybody has adopted her. Well, cool. So I thought that was really cool. And if you've never seen them, you need to Google them because they are stunning. And I, I remember my aunt having a whole collection of them in her house and I would just sit there in awe staring at them because they were just so gorgeous to me. Yeah. <clears throat> we got a lot of really talented artists in Louisiana too. We do. So it's we, it's we really do. it's a really beautiful cultural experience here. We have a lot when you when you're born and raised here, we're gonna gripe about stuff. Absolutely. But there's there's just nothing like Louisiana. It's just a completely different experience. And when you leave it, you miss it. That's just all there is to it. <clears throat> I mean. What better state to live in than one that you can get all four seasons into a week or less <laughs> in a week? Um, sometimes even in a day. I mean, it just really depends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We don't sweat hurricanes and tornadoes, but I tell you what, you let an ice ice storm blow in or a snowstorm blow in, and man. We don't know how to act. Or if our fans turn off, yeah, that's a whole yeah. different. We can sleep through many things. Tornadoes, hurricanes, any type of natural disaster, we can sleep through it. But that fan cuts off, that's it. You know. That's a wrap. <laughs> it's like just a, an electric jolt to you. As soon as power goes off anywhere, it just automatically wakes you up. I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah, and that's even in the wintertime for me because it's just like as soon as that fan goes off, all of a sudden I can just immediately feel like I've got that humid moisture yeah. of air. Yeah blanketing me even in the winter time it's just that that you know it's there <laughs> and if you're not from louisiana yes we do run the fans in the winter time <laughs> mm -hmm. sure do all the time oh goodness but that's it that's all for about mardi gras and all things louisiana Some, a little bit of louisiana history in there a little bit of food history and uh if you're not from here i think that you should at least visit one time in your life oh yes
Definitely. Go down south, check it out. You may not want to mm -hmm. do it around Mardi Gras, but, you know, hey, if you feel the courage and you got the balls, go ahead. Um, <laughs> just don't show them. You don't have to show them to get beads. They'll give you beads either way. Yeah, just throw them in the mister. It's fine. Um, if somebody says you have to show anything like that, they're lying to you. Yeah. They're lying. They just want to see some, some business. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the wrap on that one. Um, that was some good information. I didn't know a lot of that. I didn't either, and I could have gone further, but I chose not to. <laughs> it pisses enough people off when you start bringing Alabama into it. I didn't want to piss them off any further, so I just. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta leave Bama out. Sorry, Bama. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could talk about things for hours on here, but, you know, yeah. we have to, we have to kind of limit information. I know next week is going to be a good one. I've got to get busy and. Uh, you know, do some research on that because I've just been busy lately. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, we still want everybody to know just can, we're still doing Lamar. We're going to mention that each one. Um, well, I guess this will be the last podcast we'll be yeah. mentioning that because we will be um, doing the drawing next week. So, check out our Facebook group. It has our payment information. You can contact me, Natalie, um, and make donations. Or you can just, if you want to donate directly to Lamar, you can. Just go to their website or their Facebook page and donate directly. So, my bad. <laughs> so, that, I guess that is it for this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Um, next week, we will have our other episode of Cupid Wings and Dinglings. Um. <laughs> Y'all can stew on that for the next week. <laughs> yeah. That one's going to be, that one's going to, yeah, yeah, we'll just go with that. Cupid Wings and Dinglings. Yeah. Um, you can thank Natalie for that name. <laughs> meantime we hope you enjoyed this episode um again follow us if you're not following us already on facebook um invite your friends invite your family just make sure they're over 18 we don't want the the innocent ears you know our well our podcast to fall upon innocent ears because we don't want to be blamed for anything but thank y'all again 